You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hey, friends, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about my friends down at the 10th Ward Barbershop in downtown Pittsburgh, proudly serving the historic 10th Ward in Lawrenceville and the surrounding areas. 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. I can attest to this personally. I went down there to see my buddy Kane today. He shaped me up oh so nicely, gave me a laser beam part in the top of my head. I look fantastic, and he didn't take a ton of time to. He is literally the best that I've ever gone to. Trust me when I tell you that. But you also don't have to take my word for it as much as I want you to. WWE superstars like Bray Wyatt and Corey Graves have all stopped in to see Kane at his barbershop, and they will tell you the exact same thing. Now, right now, as much as they like having walk-ins, uh, during COVID time, they're only accepting appointments. So the best way for you to get in to see Kane or any of the other fantastic staff at their shop is to go right onto their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and sign up for an appointment. That's 10th10thwardbarbershop.com. You can find them down here in downtown Pittsburgh. Stop in and see Kane and tell them that Goober sent you. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. He is the host of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast and the Tell Us the Truth podcast. My dear friend, Duke Bennett, is here with me today. How are you, sir? I am the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. Okay, I'm also known as the highlight of the night, special delight. The Duke is here with Adam B. So everybody say, that's right. You got. You better believe it, Jack. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? It's good to see you. It is great to see you. Listen, you are wearing an Eric Bischoff special edition, yes, old school shirt. There, that is that is a beauty right there. I, my brother Matt, shout out to my brother Matt, real fast. I sent this over to him after the long-awaited uh, Eric Bischoff announcement that he was going into the Hall of Fame. Which I can't think awesome. of a better person to go into the Hall of Fame than Eric Bischoff, who is more deserving than that honor. Uh, I got an email alert on WWE shop that this shirt was available and I sent it to him huh? as a joke. I was like, hey, Matt, like I'll take this in a large, please, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden he sends me the order receipt. I was like, oh, shit, dude, you didn't actually have to do that. But now I'm just like the most hyped person in the world. And I'm also I love I'm, it. I'm wearing this because friend of the show, Josh Chernoff, is actually going to be interviewing uh, Eric Bischoff at the end of the month on his show on Fight TV. And I'm hoping to get a little bit of, uh, you know, of that uh, hopefulness here. Uh, Eric is on my uh, my very, very short list of people who I'd love to have on the show. So I'm hoping that this will help a little bit uh, allow that to come through. But uh, hey, man, I got a lot of really positive feedback about the episode that I appeared on with you on Duke Loves Wrestling. Uh, that was episode 251, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And you were fantastic. I as always. It. I mean, you're you're a pro. You're a pro. That's why I like doing business with you. I appreciate right. as are you, my friend. I'm I'm glad we made this connection. It's been uh it's been a lot of fun. I know I've had a lot of uh, a lot of positive feedback on that. Uh, people really enjoyed our conversation and uh, I'm glad to be doing this here because we are here to talk about a couple of different things today. We're going to go yes. over some of the information and some of the happenings at WrestleMania 37 and then more of the surprise releases that happened this week. Uh, actually, it happened yesterday. Yesterday was the 15th, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can call that Black Thursday. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I listen the WWE. This is what they do. You know what I mean? They bring them in and they release them. You, you, when you look at that, that large NXT class that they just put together and you're starting to see some of these folks trickle in on TV and what have you. When you bring in that many bodies, you got to make some room, man. You know, and I think what what gets me too, and I know we talked about this a little bit, but what gets me sometimes too is the fact that people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe WWE would do this," and it's like, "Well, this is this is what they've been doing since the, like the early two thousands, and probably even since the beginning of the the inception of the organization." Because absolutely, you can't have, and again, you have to think realistic, right? You're talking about a business, and you're talking about a business model that needs to constantly produce content. How many people? Let's let's compare it, right? Let's compare it to AEW because I know we've already had this conversation, but it, it, it begs having it here. AEW has 92, 93 <laughs> uh, active participants on their roster right now. And they only have a two hour show every week on TNT. How do you expect to, to, to get all of these people in front of the world and in a in a in a way that's going to get them over in a way like of a Steve Austin or even a DDP? Right. How do you expect to make this happen? And, and I don't think there's a way to do that without additional television time. What do you what do you think about that? Well, and, and you know, they have television time with a two hour show dynamite, but they also have their web shows. Right. So we do have to factor those in. But even when you factor those in, you're only talking about maybe four or five hours per week of original content. And like you said, it's not enough. It's not enough for the amount of bodies that they have. And what you're seeing with AEW is that they're having a very difficult time building their own stars. Right. 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 That's there another is thing. No yeah. one, there is no one who has not appeared on WWE TV previously, who's a who's a real star, who's somebody right. who the marketplace understands, who's somebody who can cross over without that WWE behind them. Uh, there's no one in AEW who's a star. And, and that's why you're going to see more former WWE wrestlers coming in because they just they, they don't have enough time and they don't have the patience in terms of how they book to actually build stars, you know. Sorry, the cops just went by. I don't want to have to cut that part out of the show, but I'll leave it. Fuck it. Whatever. Well, that's Tony. That's Tony Khan. You know, every yeah. time I open my mouth, Tony Khan is always sending the alphabet boys after me. Say, I know yep. how it is. They're coming you for know? us both. And now I'm on that list, yeah. too. I'm sure I'm going to get tweets in the middle of the night from freaking Tony Khan about how. You know, and look, like I said, like I want to always preface these things. I'm not trying to talk shit about AEW. I'm really not like I really want to enjoy this. I do. I really think it's great to have competition with wrestling. I think it's exciting for me. That's the first time I've seen a, a real competition between wrestling promotions since, since WCW went out of business in 2001. Sure. So I think it's exciting, sure. but I also think I'm in that school of Cornette like we talked about. It's like no one's really giving me a reason to care about this, you know, and, and no mm -hmm. one is giving me a reason to come back. And it's just like you said, it's the idea that, you know, they bring in the big show and they bring in John Moxley and they bring in Christian Cage. All of these great all these grabs are really cool. Like it's cool to it's sting even right uh, I would actually, well, I would separate Sting from this conversation, but, I, you know, in any event. I don't know if I would separate Sting from this conversation because he's well known in the marketplace since appearing in WWE. True. I don't That's know true. how over or well known he was before that, to be honest with you. He, he's known in yeah. wrestling circles, but I'm talking beyond that. 
Right. Yeah, he doesn't have the crossover appeal maybe like that. That Even, I would say, DDP. If you're going to talk about any wrestler mm-hmm. from that era who had yep. actual, like, mainstream crossover appeal with the, like, if you're, again, if you're taking Hulk Hogan completely out of the conversation, you're sure. talking about sure. Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page was yep. on the fucking Tonight Show. He was doing yep. wrestling matches with Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman at the height of both of their careers. This guy yep. was a made man. And... One of my, you know, there's no there's no other wrestler of the 90s that I would argue that was as big as Hulk Hogan or even Steve Austin as DDP. But that could be another conversation for another day. Point being with Sting. Sure. I maybe maybe people forgot about him going to TNA and didn't exactly have the the marketability or know as much about him as maybe they should. He comes to WWE. Whether or not he's mishandled, that's sort of another conversation as well. But now he's retired. But now he's at. AEW and he's another basically WWE star. How do yep. you how do you think that AEW sort of gets themselves out of that that wheelhouse and says, OK, because you do have pretty solid talent, right? You have some decent talent in the company. How do you help mm-hmm. build those talents without having to rely so hard on the, the nostalgia factor? I think it's too late. I think they've they've completely screwed up so much that they don't have a choice. They're going to have to utilize these established names already. And you can sprinkle some of the younger talent with them, but let, let's let's take somebody like, I don't know, Darby Allen, for example. There you go. That's no one example. is gonna buy, no one's gonna buy Darby Allen, Pin and Sting, or Christian Cage, or the Big Show, or even Chris Jericho. No. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work, right? But if you had a situation from the very beginning, if Chris Jericho lost to Kenny Omega or even Adam Page and that person was the first AEW world champion now you've put the company in a situation where they're building their own homegrown stars yeah and now you have a formula that you can follow and continue to replicate where you're using established names to yep. get over other people and bring them up right but yep. they completely screwed that up from the beginning and because of that you've actually have trained your fan base into expecting the old WWE guys to be right. champion. Exactly. You know what I mean? And You're that's falling. why the whole Kenny Omega project is failing. Right. If you notice. Yeah, yeah it is. It's right? failing miserably. It's not working. And they're the, the, the title collector, they're making him out to be some kind of fucking wrestling Thanos. And it's like, none of this shit matters. I Tell no. me why I should care about Kenny Omega collecting all of these belts. First of Nobody all. Nobody cares. I was just going to, that's literally the answer right there. Nobody gives a shit, right? Like, let's be yeah. honest about it. Nobody gives a shit. And nobody's giving yeah. me a reason to care. Maybe if I did care about this for some reason, if there was a reason for me to actually be invested in watching Kenny Omega collect these belts, maybe I'd be interested. You know, I, again, I'm not going to talk shit on Kenny Omega. I don't know. I don't know enough about him, but I think people are just afraid for whatever reason to have valid, legitimate conversations about sure, and critique sure. AEW. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody shits all over WWE most of the time. Half of it is is, you know, should be done. And half of it is like just marks being pains in the asses. But you mm-hmm. have to be able to look at this product and say, OK, is this good because it's really good or is it good because you're all saying it has to be good and you you don't want to drop the ball. Right. Which, again, is the Cornette argument. It's, you know, everybody's saying it has we have to watch this and it has to be good. That's not necessarily accurate. So I, I don't I haven't found anything even recently. Like I would say the and we talked about this on the episode, too. I would say the last time I really cared about something in wrestling was recently with the Roman Reigns storyline. I am fully sure. invested in that storyline. And it's sure. because it's sure. well executed. There's a 
plan behind it. And we'll talk about it. We'll get into it with the WrestleMania 37 conversation. But, um, you know, I guess maybe tying back into uh, the AEW conversation, how many of these former stars, which were they were a bunch of them were released on uh, yesterday, April 15th, uh, Samoa Joe, both of the Iconics, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Bo Dallas, Callisto, Mojo Rawley and Wesley Blake. How many of these folks do you think are actually going to show up on AEW or maybe even Impact and have any kind of, I don't know, I don't even want to know what you call it. Yeah, a big fat zero, right? Why so? Gusek, Gusek. The, 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 the highest value out of that whole bunch is probably Samoa Joe, and he is far more valuable as a commentator than he is as a wrestler in 2021. Right. Samoa Joe, he, the guy is injury prone, and he should be. There's a lot of miles on 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 those tires there. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, absolutely. I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. Where everywhere he's been, he's beaten the hell out of people and gotten the hell beat out of him. Yes. So it's not a surprise that he's breaking down the way that he is. Uh, you might be able to get one good match out of him. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. even then, he's probably going to come out of that pretty banged up because you know Samoa Joe only has one speed, and that's 100. percent Full throttle all the you time. Know what I mean, every all the every time, which every Samoa Joe match I've ever watched has just been hell yeah. on wheels. You know, the first yeah. the first big like WWE match that I think I really watched him in after his NXT time was surprisingly enough, his sort of squash match with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. What was that? 33 of or 34? I mean, yeah, he yeah, destroyed. Yeah. I thought he was going to rip his fucking head off, man. I mean, he just ripped this guy apart. I was like, holy shit, this guy's a monster. Yep. And then I think yep. back to the time when he was in the ring with and I actually watched that again today, his promo with Brock. Brock Lesnar and that explosiveness like they really at the time if you think about it they should have capitalized on that situation then right like they should have pushed Samoa Joe to the moon they should have allowed him maybe to beat Brock Lesnar based upon that movement but yep. for whatever reason they didn't do that well, and that seems to be the I, I'll tell you the reason no I know yeah. the reason because oh, yeah. Go the ahead. guy tell me. is injury prone you can't trust oh, him oh right. right yeah that makes sense so, okay so I can see that about that think about that he's been injured at least four or five times since signing with the WWE Right. And when right. we say injured, meaning that he I don't think Samoa Joe has wrestled an entire 12 month cycle without taking significant time off from the WWE. I didn't even think it's never that. happened. It's never happened. So I'm not putting the belt on you. Right. Why would I do that? It doesn't make any <laughs> you sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't make, make any, any sense. sense. And I love Samoa Joe. I've been a Samoa Joe fan since day one. I go all the way back to when he first started, when he was in that class with, with John Cena and Frankie yeah. Kazarian and Looney Lane and all those folks up in California and UPW. Like, I go all the way back to that. Wow, point. you're going back to that? You know wow, what I mean? holy shit. That's so a hell, his, of, a, that's a hell of a run. Yeah. His origins, literally. And I'm telling you right now, that dude is done. He's finished. You might get a, yeah. a couple of good matches out of him, but he's done. So, I think, and I'm I'm curious too. Now that you mentioned that, I, I'm wondering if it's this it sort of in the same vein as the Big Show situation. You know, Big Show's thing was the reason he left is because Vince said I would never main event WrestleMania anymore. I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty with that kind of thing. But what what's the logistical likelihood or the storyline narrative that could make me want to watch Big Show? In a WrestleMania main event in 2020 sure. or 2021, sure. right? Let's sure. be honest about it. There's a lot of really great talent that is happening right now. You want to just take 2020, for example. Drew McIntyre is on top of the fucking world. I don't necessarily know if I want to watch Big Show in a match in the end of main event, you know, or even with Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins or any of the other talent. I thought the storyline that they pulled him into with Randy Orton was fantastic. 
at hmm. a certain point, it's the same thing with Chris Jericho, right? Like at a certain point, how much more are you willing to do? You know, They've how much more do you them. need to do? They've done it all. No, listen, don't get me wrong, though. If you have a money mark like Tony Khan with a rich daddy <laughs> and and like people yeah. like you and I, like I'm looking I'm looking at your background there and I see an action figure of uh, Mick Foley. That's Cactus right. Jack, right? Yeah. So we got to go out and get the action figures like what you have behind you. Tony Khan gets to buy real people. That's true. And put real matches on. He doesn't play the video game. He doesn't play with the action figures. He has the real people because his daddy's so rich. And that's great. Right. So if he's going to be a mark and he's going to pay Chris Jericho an absorbent amount of money that that Vince McMahon literally laughed at and said, I would never pay you that amount of money. If he's going to pay Jim Ross an absorbent amount of money and, and, and Vince McMahon says, Jr., you know, I can't pay you that much. And Jr. literally says, I know you can't, Vince. I don't expect you to. So that's why I got to go with the money mark here. The moron who's going to pay me way above my market value. And he's going to get, quite frankly, low budget work. Okay. Chris Jericho looks terrible. He does. Jim Ross is outdated. His sexism, his nonsense. He doesn't know how to pronounce the names of the moves or the wrestlers. And I love Jim Ross. I grew up with this guy. Yeah. Okay. But I'm telling you right now, I would rather listen to guys like McAfee. Yeah, guys like Corey Graves. Oh, absolutely. Hell, you know what I mean? Absolutely. People who actually are young enough and who and who are connected enough to the current product yep. to do a complete job. I think Jim Ross is embarrassing himself every time he picks up the mic on a weekly basis. They should only use him for pay-per-views for that reason. Yeah. Make him a novelty. Make him a make, make him, him a an attraction. Right. And Come let's on. talk about you mentioned Corey Graves. Corey Graves is also a Pittsburghian or a I don't know if that's even the right, if that's a word yeah. to say, but yeah. Corey Gray, well, like, you're it is, hey, it is now, <laughs> it is now, hey, look, whatever. He's It'll a work. burger. He's, He's a, a burger. burger, yeah. He's a yinzer, yeah. is what, that's what it is, it's a yinzer. And they say, in Philly, they sure. say John. I don't say either of those things, because I think it's both ridiculous. Oh, okay. it's, all, it's all nonsense you speak. John. You gotta, John. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta like, gotta, really, yeah, you gotta oh, John. Yo, you, yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. get the, I gotta go over here and get to John over here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, I digress. You know better than I do, I don't know. Corey Graves, Corey Graves, I think he's fantastic. I think everything the guy yeah. does is great. I think he's going to be yep. a fantastic ad on Raw. Uh, let me go on record real fast. Real, and, and, and I want to say this on record on my show for the first time ever. Brian Alvarez, you're a fucking idiot. I don't ever want to hear you complain about anything ever again. I think all of your opinions are stupid. And I think you knew nothing about the wrestling business. You wrote that shitty fucking book with whatever his name was, R.J. Reynolds or R.D. Reynolds or whatever fuck his stupid name was. It had nothing to do anything with WCW. I didn't buy the book. I'd rather wipe my ass with it. And you want to sit there and you want to shit all over Corey Graves for what reason? What, what, like, what are you going to do? You're going to sit in that booth and you're going to do the same thing? I'm certainly not going to do it. Nobody fucking asked for your opinion. So shut the fuck up already, okay? Thanks for coming to Damn my right. TED Talk. Right. Brian Alvarez Damn is right. the shits, man. He, him and, and Dave Meltzer sit there all day long and make shit up all the time. And now they're shitting all over Corey Graves. Like, why? Because he's not exactly Bobby Heenan and he's not saying the same things Bobby Heenan does. He's the 2021 Bobby Heenan better than anybody's doing it right now. You I was going to say, is there anybody better than Graves in, in, in 2021? No. I, I will challenge anyone to find someone better than Corey Graves in 2021 right now. And if anybody says Excalibur, I'm blocking you on Twitter. I don't want to fucking yep. hear it. There's absolutely no way in, no. No, no, in any reality that Excalibur is better at color commentary than, than Corey Graves. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. No way. No way. 
No, uh, God, you're absolutely yeah, right. So I think I agree. I was very surprised about Samoa Joe being released because I thought his commentary skills were fantastic. He really held it together. I thought he was the glue that kind of held things together on night one of WrestleMania with all the kind of sure. crazy shit that was happening. Uh, how do you feel about the Iconics being released? I know that uh, they were both kind of positioned in a in a way that was supposed to sort of set them on the track. How do you how do you feel about them being released? I'm going to hurt a lot of feelings right now. Adam B and 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 you'll probably hear some backlash from what I have to say about this and and that's okay. Yeah, yeah um, that's what we're doing. That's why we do this. Me. Don't send it to Adam. Well, you can follow it. him. At, you can follow him at D Loves Rasslin on Twitter. So you go ahead and send him your hate tweets right there. Billy Kay is fantastic. Okay, I think Billy Kay is 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 as talented as anybody. I think she's a decent wrestler. I don't think she's a good wrestler. I don't think she's a great wrestler, but she's decent. She's serviceable. She can she can get an enhancement job done. Um, and I think that on the mic, though, she's fantastic. Right. Now, with that said, the Iconics, they were not a good tag team. I don't care what anybody says. They were, they were good in backstage uh, uh, promos and things like that, but in the ring, bell to bell, they were the complete drizzling you-know-whats that were terrible they and 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 part I think the main part is because of Peyton Royce. She's not a good wrestler. She's an awful wrestler. She is she is one of the worst wrestlers that we have seen in the WWE in a very long time. Wow. I think she might be worse than Lana. Okay. Wow. I think she's that bad. That's a big statement, do. Duke. Wow. And and let me and let me tell you something. She has experience, which is the most embarrassing part about it. For somebody with the amount of experience that Peyton Royce has and with the amount of support that she's received, being uh helped along in the WWE system. Billy Kay had to carry her. Okay. Wow. So there's no loss there. Losing right. Peyton Roy. She can go. She can go right. hang out with her boyfriend who who is a big disappointment in the wrestling industry as well. Ooh. I think he is the complete drizzling, you know, <laughs> man. man, look at this guy. This guy is in one of the, one of the better factions put together and he's clearly the weak link. Okay. I'd rather see Tully Blanchard wrestle before I'd rather see uh, whatever, what's his face is. I don't even care what his <laughs> name is. Okay. I'm ashamed of the guy. Be honest with you, and that's that ridiculous haircut it is. So he and his girlfriend can can go pack it, okay? Because they'll wow. never make it in the wrestling industry. They're the, they're the, they're the low budgets, as as, as my uh, my buddy Reggie B. Fine would say. They're the low budgets. But you're okay? talking about Sean Spears K, is who you're talking about. Sean yeah, Spears from I'm the, talking the pinnacle, about Mr. right? Nobody, right? The perfect <laughs> negative ten. Okay. So so here's how it goes down. Billy Kay, you need to look yourself in the mirror, and you need to be honest with everybody, including yourself. And you need to figure out, do you want this or not? Because if right. you want this, drop the dead weight, be serious about it, go out there on your own and be the best damn thing in wrestling, whether that means you're a manager, a commentator, an enhancement talent that maybe gets a title like a Miz. You could be the right. next Miz, Billy it's Kay. It's possible. It's Instead very possible. of sitting there dragging dead weight that has literally cost you a job. Do you think that's the reason why? And I guess Tucker, too, would be another another sort of tie in with that conversation. Do you Tucker think that he's he's another one? He's off. Yeah. The, the guy was never good in the ring. The guy had no charisma. His wrestling skills were. were but I mean, he didn't have a wrestling background. So, oh, really? I, I, I didn't know I that. kind of feel bad for him. No, yeah. he didn't have a pro wrestling background. They, they, those they all got trained in the WWE. Oh, so, that's right. They all got they, they were on the PC together. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these guys, I mean, come on, let's yeah. be honest here. And, and listen, I'm not a big fan of uh, what the hell his name is, either, Otis. Dozier, whatever he calls himself, the Otis. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of his either. So I think that the WWE, they need to be real realistic about 
who they want in their company. Right. We want quality wrestling. Okay. We don't want these losers who, because they have some kind of athletic background, you think that that's good enough. All right. Bianca Belair, there's, there's far few of her and there's far too many uh, Otis's and, and, and the other moron that just got released. Okay. So we got to be serious about this. Bring in some wrestling talent. There's a lot of indie wrestling talent out there that can get the job done. I think of people like Malik Bositi. I think of people like Holiday. I think of people like, uh, you know, Dewan O'Neill, second to none. I think of all these folks here. All right. These are quality wrestling talents. And you're going to sit there and give somebody like Tucker a job in the WWE. It's a disgrace. They need to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Don't come back. And now listen, if you don't agree with Duke and what he's saying here, I want you to tweet us at us uh, and let us know what you think. If you don't agree with the fact of what he said about the Iconics, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm at on that. But, you know, look, Duke is Duke is uh, Duke is here for his opinions you know as well. What? And if you don't think they were that, the that, worst tag team, <laughs> if the you don't think that, that the Iconics team. were the drizzling shits, you can go ahead and tweet us and let us know what you think. Um, at the this is the worst Goober. tag team the WWE has ever seen in years. <laughs> oh they my were God. awful. They, you couldn't name one good match that they ever had where Peyton Royce did anything thing other than look good that's it wow that is a big statement sir that's it that's it <laughs> let's let's listen, start don't get me wrong she's a beautiful girl sure guess what she's not a wrestler she's not a wrestler how far okay? do looks get how far can looks get you honestly i mean it, it's i'm gonna I tell thought- you right now she's going to be the next anna J or whatever the hell her name is with kip sabian she's going to be that she's going to be outside the ring with her boyfriend running around looking pretty okay right. That's 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 what's in her future. Okay? But I'll tell you one thing, she's not going to be main eventing like Thunder Rosa. No. She's not going to be main eventing like Britt oh, Baker. Oh yeah. Let's talk about let's talk <laughs> okay? about Thunder Rosa. Let's talk about that situation. Tell me a little before we get to WrestleMania. You sort of gave me a little rundown on this. What the hell happened? What what the hell happened in that match? What, what the fuck was going on? Which match are we talking With about? With Thunder Rosa, the the what's her name that didn't sell? What was her name? Oh, you're talking about Ivelisse. Well, Yes. Let me tell you something. Let me let me let me preface my comments here, because, you know, when I talk, people get a little, you know, they get, get a little, little sensitive about what yeah. I have to say. That's OK. They know. But you know why? Because they know that I'm telling the truth. Hey, you know, and, and it's like, keep it that's real, the man. problem here. Ivelisse is she is talented. She is probably one of the most talented wrestlers alive today. I think under the right conditions, she can be. She can be the top one of the top five people in the entire company. She's that good. Wow. She's really, really good, man. That's a big endorsement. Um, she's she's been trained well. She knows what she's doing. And I think she understands her own character. So let me right. say that. OK, I take nothing away from her wrestling ability. There are some issues there, and I don't think that's any surprise. I think that there's a combination of. She being somebody that's not going to put up with any BS from anybody, including the trainers, including the management, including the promoter. 
So there's that. And I think that she's somebody who feels that she deserves to be higher on the card than everybody else that she sees. So when she sees other people who she feels are not as good as her getting opportunities that she doesn't get, that's when the attitude gets sour. That's when her work gets sour. That's when she goes into self-sabotage mode. Okay. So as good of a wrestler as she is, I don't necessarily think she's the best business. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I get that. I understand that. Her skills are so good that she could overcome all of those attitudinal problems, but she'll just screw it up in the ring, man. And it's like, well, you're screwing it up in the ring on top of everything else. Why am I dealing with you? I'm not going to deal with you. And that's the problem with her. Now, now with the whole thing with Thunder Rosa, I think that was, and this is my opinion. Sure. I think that was one of those situations where she saw Thunder Rosa getting all these opportunities. Yep. He's not even under AEW contract, but yet she gets to be on their TV. She gets to do all these things. Keep in mind, Thunder Rosa is under NWA contract. She's not an AEW wrestler. Oh, no shit. I didn't realize she was in NWA. That is a deal. Wow. AEW is essentially renting Thunder Rosa. Interesting. And they have to give uh, NWA something in order to use her. That is a fact. Okay. So... For somebody like Eva Lee, it's like, well, how is this this woman who's not even with this company and she can't be with this company anytime soon? How is she getting all these opportunities when they, when I'm here? Right. I should be the person in all the big matches. I should be the person that gets all the promos. That's how she feels. Right. Right. So I, th- I think all of that kind of blew up in addition to whatever problems she had with management. And when they had their match last year, Eva Lee was uncooperative. She potatoed Thunder Rosa a few times and Thunder Rosa had to start giving it back to her. She had to protect herself in the ring. Uh, yeah. You know, I, as she should. So, yeah. I don't as she should have. So, so she, Ava Lee wouldn't sell. She, at, at one point she just literally just sat there while Thunder Rosa was trying to put her in a hold. It was ridiculous. Um, she wouldn't take Thunder Rosa's finish. So if you watch the finish of that match, Thunder Rosa had to do a tombstone, a move that she does not do. That is not her finish. That is not how she ends matches. That She probably has never done a tombstone ever in her career as a finish until that moment. now had to do it, right. And had to do wow. it because Ivelisse wow. was not going to take her finish. That's crazy, okay? man. So look, man, and, and Ivelisse, I know that you, you've heard me and you've kind of subtweeted me and said some things about me, and that's okay. I think you're, you're fantastic and you're talented. I think that you have to decide if the wrestling industry is right for you. And it's as simple as that, Yeah. because I don't care what kind of problems you have with the office. When you get in that ring, somebody is giving you their life. They're trusting their body with you and and vice versa. It's not good business to sit there and try to shoot on somebody or be uncooperative and act like a jerk in the ring. Okay. And I'll tell you that to your face. Simple as that. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, yeah. I was pretty disappointed by seeing that. I think I think what again what sticks out to me is the unprofessionalism of that. You know, regardless of what's yep. going on, it reminded me a lot of the the what was that? Was that Bash at the Beach with Jeff Jarrett and Hulk Hogan when he laid down in the ring? Oh, this is this is worse than that. But this that's what I'm saying. It, it reminded me because of that they situation. They didn't shoot right. on that. Right. Th- those didn't, guys didn't actually try to hurt each other. Right. Right. You know that's what I mean? What, I mean, but it gave me like sort of a flashback of that. I went, oh shit, here we go again. Here's something something yeah. similar. But yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like you know. People could get hurt here. This is not just like yeah. something for you to just have a, a shit fit about in the middle of the ring. If you're worth your she, weight in salt, you know you're good at Thunder it. Rosa in the, she kicked Thunder Rosa in the ribs. Whoa. And it was, if you go back and watch that kick, it completely knocked Jesus. the wind out of her. Why would she? Like, I, I don't think understand. It was a, well, 
Come on. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I get it, right? Like, I understand. But, like, I mean, like, I don't understand why someone would do that on live television. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Like, why would anybody decide that that's a, the, the right place to do that, right? The, the right place to air out this grievance, you know? I don't know. Listen, Adam, why why did Nia Jax uh, break <sighs> Becky Lynch's nose? Because she's the shits. I mean, that wasn't an accident. She punched her in the nose as hard as she could and broke that woman's nose. Right. Right. So, so this, it's not like this doesn't happen. Sure. Right. Sure. You know, you saw this person whose trajectory is going up you feel like you should be in that spot and you're going to try to knock them out of the way. Do Unfortunately, you really, it was the best thing that happened to Becky Lynch. I was going right? to say, do you really think that that's what, that's the reason why she slugged her so hard? Of course it's the reason yeah. why. I mean, listen, if you have a listen to the way that Nia Jax interacts with all the other wrestlers, yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious that she has some issues there. Yeah. You know, yeah, she has some attitude issues and she thinks that she deserves more respect than than she deserves. And she doesn't afford the same respect, you know, and it's a disappointment. It is. I, I, I feel like there is a there's a definite world where Nia Jax could be some kind of powerful, uh, some kind of powerful force in the women's division. I don't know how you get there. I don't know how that you know, works. You know how you get there? You send her packing. That's yeah. how you get there. She's Shana, the, she's the type of person that could benefit from going to a different territory. True. Yeah, she might flourish in maybe an AEW or even an Impact yeah. or something like that, but I don't know if it's yeah. necessarily her place. I I am curious to see what happens with Shayna Baszler though. I think there's a bright future for her if she can get it sort Love of her. together. Maybe if she's I, and when I say get it together, I mean like they have to give her a storyline to like actually yeah. allow her to do something. I thought she would have gone over uh Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I was it, like shocked that she didn't the way they were building that story storyline i think that's it's definitely in her future though i think the re, whatever happens with you know nia jackson losing the tag titles i think a good solid match between Shayna baszler and rhea ripley is is not in the very distant future i think that's going to be an incredible fight but i'll, we, I'll tell you how to get there adam good you, you bring ronda rousey back yeah oh shit yeah you i didn't put, even think about that you put you put rousey and baszler together yep and then you split them up. You have them feud with each other. One turns on the other. There you go. And Rousey does the favors for her friend and puts Baszler over, which immediately puts Baszler in the main event as a credible threat. Yep. And then she gets the title from whomever. See, that's how that's, you get there. But that's the thing is they they made her look like a fucking monster at the elimination yep. chamber right before the pandemic broke out. Why yep. would you have her destroy five other female wrestlers the other the part of the women's division why would i mean she basically fucking slammed Liv morgan's head into the the the, the container like how many times in a row she destroyed those other people in that that cage yep. and then yep. you send her to wrestlemania and she doesn't go over on becky lynch i just like I, I don't know if maybe that was a last minute change it just felt very like why did this even happen in the first place which well, i guess you know why you know yeah you know why because she doesn't look like becky lynch Right. And she doesn't and she doesn't look like even a Ronda Rousey. She doesn't look like Sasha Banks. Right. You know, she's not that she's not some model. She's a fighter. But see, again, it's like that's why I'd like Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley or even like, I don't know, uh, who could I even compare it to? Bobby Lashley, like he's built like a fucking brick shithouse. The guy is a monster. My favorite part about watching Bobby Lashley is watching him destroy people. Right. Like, that's what I love so much about Bobby Lashley. The watching that Monday Night Raw when he just decimates the Miz. Beautiful. And let's give credit where credit's due. I know a lot of people shit on the Miz, but like the sell job from Miz during that match, 
I like I'm thinking about it now and like I'm uncomfortable about how well he sold that because that made me like believe for a second like oh fuck like is this guy really getting you know what I mean like it was like <laughs> holy shit this kid's he's getting his ass kicked and sure, I sure. want to see a champion like that. I don't care if they're, you know, if they look like Becky Lynch or if they look like Drew McIntyre or they're big muscles or heavy set or they look like Samoa Joe. I want my champion to be believable. I want to watch the TV every week and know that this person with the strap is going to be the person that just destroys everybody else on the roster. And you're like, who's going to be next? Right. Like like with Bobby Lashley, it's perfect example. But who's let me gonna, but let me challenge you on that. Let me let me challenge you on that. though. OK. Can Shane or Baszler sell as many Snickers bars or as many ice cream right. cones or, forgot. you know what I mean? As many forgot, Pepsis man. as Becky Lynch. <laughs> no. And that's, that's it. That's why. It's a business. Yeah. It's a it's business. A, the face of the business. That's, yeah. The champion is always an attractive person. It's very rare that you have an unattractive champion, male or female for that reason. Right. Now that makes sense. You got to be able to. You got to be. You got to be able to cross over. And Shayna Baszler is not a crossover star. There's no she, two ways about that. I think she might be a might be a transitional champion between sure. Rhea Ripley and maybe if Ronda Rousey decides she wants to come back, or even even Becky Lynch. I do think sure. that there is a title hold. There is a title reign for her in the future. I just don't know what that's going to so. look like. Yeah, I hope so. I want I to touch so. on. A, I want to touch on a couple things about WrestleMania with you here. I guess we could start with Bobby Lashley, which I thought that the entrance with. Drew McIntyre, he apparently, according to the rumor and innuendo, was the person that actually pushed to be number one on the card. He wanted to be the first person to come out at WrestleMania night one. He wanted to get that poppy and been waiting for all year. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the match itself was like perfectly executed. I still don't quite understand why they broke up the hurt business, the hurt business, but I'm sure there's probably a reason somewhere that's going to show up in storyline. I just don't know if I necessarily agree with it. And that's again, I'm sure you don't either, but like, I'm sure there is a there like lots of people have opinions on that. I just, I just didn't see the, the point in breaking them off away from MVP and Bobby Lashley. I know that I, I, we were messaging a lot during that, that portion of the show. And for me, either option would have been fine. But I do feel like Bobby Lashley was the right choice. And I still I felt like that almost all the way through the match. And I still feel like that now. I think Bobby Lashley needs to destroy the same way he's been destroying through every opponent that's come through his his path so far. And you build him up with somebody coming in new. Maybe you put him in with Damian Priest now that the Bad Bunny storyline's over. Maybe you bring back Keith Lee and you start building him up. Maybe you cut the bullshit with retribution and get one of those guys, whoever's in that stable uh, that's left, you get him to build up against Bobby Lashley and you just start feeding him people, right? Start feeding him all the big bastards in the, in the industry. And then boom, Brock Lesnar comes back and there is your gigantic payoff, right? I know you talked about that. Is that what you think is, is that what you see in the horizon for a, for a Bobby Lashley? Or do you think, I know Drew's going to get another rematch at backlash, but I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to win this one. No, I mean, Drew's done. Drew's done for now. He's never going to touch that belt again anytime soon. There's no money in that. Uh, that right. That's just the honest truth. There's no money in that. Um, a couple of those guys from the from the hurt from uh, Retribution, they're aligned with Bobby Lashley now. Right. I think it's T-Bar and Mace are now aligned with Bobby T-Bar Lashley. T-Bar and yeah. Mace, who, you know, both of those guys are from Massachusetts, by the way. So part of the reason why you see those guys paired up a lot is literally because they're from the same place. Oh, no shit. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so there's there's a natural connection uh, for the both of them there. Uh, and they're not too far. From, I don't think they grew up too far from each other either. You, so it could be maybe... It's in 90 minutes away. Maybe they're just going to rebuild the hurt business with these guys instead think, of... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but I agree with you. 
the, the money is is 100% in Lashley. And I think that Lashley will be able to get somebody over when yes. he finally loses that championship. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. think Drew McIntyre was necessarily... I just don't see him being a person that could do that yet. That doesn't mean that he's not going to get there. But right. I think that you got to move him off of Raw at this point. Uh, yeah, that I think was you got to be... move him Go ahead. To, to SmackDown and, or mm-hmm. at least move him where Roman Reigns is. That, I, think I was that's literally more just going to say that, Duke, and this is exactly yeah. why we work so well together, my friend, because my yep. next thought was you put Drew McIntyre in a fucking feud with Roman Reigns and sure. maybe Drew McIntyre is a guy that beats and unseats him from the table. I think and, and, I would like seeing that. Incredible. That's a credible and that's thought. Incredible. That yeah. can be done. Yeah. I think. And yeah. again, I guess we can sort of weave this narrative in together with everything, you know, between night one and night two. The Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan edge match was fucking phenomenal. That was Absolutely. one of the best matches I have seen in a very long time, maybe in the past sure. decade, you know, between that sure. and Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, which uh, to me, sure. that was the match of the weekend. But a very, very, yeah, very close. The, the very, very, very close second would be that Roman Reigns match. And the ending to that match was Flawless. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. perfect. Yeah. Daniel Bryan perfect. and Edge, there there's no money, like you say. There's no money in them winning. Either of either of them. They're both made men, right? What this yep. match did yep. was solidify the fact that Roman Reigns is the future. He is now the yep. face of the company. He has beaten yep. two of the biggest stars in the history of the organization. Pin them the on top time. of each other at the same <laughs> time, Duke. At the same yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, to me, like, who is going to stop Roman Reigns? Great Drew question. McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I feel like that yeah, is the easy. right move. It's an easy transition. Easy. They already yeah. have history from Survivor Series. They already sort of have a storyline that kind of goes back a little bit. You let Drew get his big fucking takeover over Roman Reigns. Who else is there to take over? And that would be another question. Who would you, in your mind, Duke, be the person that un- that dethrones Roman Reigns if it's not going to be Drew McIntyre? You know, that's a, that's a fair question. And I, I think that if it's not going to be McIntyre, then you got to keep the belt on him until maybe Royal Rumble, right. possibly WrestleMania. And you bring up uh, Cross. Yeah. Carrying Cross. Yeah. That's a great Cross one to be the guy. You know or what I mean? So do, you that's, put, do you put Cross? Do you save Cross for Bobby Lashley? No, I, I think I think it's a it's a better matchup against Roman because mm. Lashley is, despite how big Cross is, you see you see Cross is putting on more muscle. Yeah, because he's he's naturally lean. You know what I mean? He's not right. really a, a thick guy. So I, I think it's a better looking matchup if you put him up there against Roman Reigns. That's not a bad idea. And every they, yeah. I mean, Roman just can't. I don't I don't foresee him having the belt until they're ready to have the rock come and do the WrestleMania sure. push, you know, sure. it's just, sure. I don't think the storyline is feasible. Uh, you don't need a belt for that match either. No, you, I mean, you, you continue <laughs> you know? that character. I mean, my thought too yeah. was my, in my head, I'm watching WrestleMania too. I'm watching night two and I'm going, okay, well, if edge goes over here or Daniel Bryan goes over here, I think that's okay because if Roman loses for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right, you don't have to have Roman lose the belt, you know, like edge could pin Daniel Bryan or vice versa. You move sure. Roman sure. Reigns over to the red brand. And you have him feud with Bobby Lashley and go, you know what, dude, I'm the head of the table. This is yep. my yard. I want your belt. There's a huge fucking match right there. There is an explosive here's the match. Here's the problem with that, though. You have nothing on the other side for balance. 
True. In the men's division. That's so true. So you can't you can't take your two. I've never agreed with this whole champion versus champion stuff. No, for, for no, instance. absolutely. And they've done not. it a no. couple of times. I, I didn't like it when 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 Lesnar and Daniel Bryan had their match. Yeah. I just don't no. like it. I think it makes zero sense. I think that you have to have two strong brands and just Absolutely. keep it that way. Yeah. You know you keep what I the mean? Belt, you keep the belt separate. That's why you have the two yeah. belts in the first place. If you're going to operate yes. these these organizations or these shows rather as two completely separate entities, then leave them that way. Don't leave them that don't way. Don't do anything yeah. like this until you get yeah. to WrestleMania, right? Until you start building to the big, big show, then sure. you can start doing that cross promotional shit. That should which, blow off. Again, yeah. which is why I feel like they sort of dropped the ball because they could have made Nitro. You know, I don't know, but we could talk about that all day, but Sure, I, you could sure. have resurrected that brand, right? But in any event, sure. I felt like this was the right choice. And I do feel, I feel like the right move for WWE right now would be to move Drew McIntyre to the blue brand and let him feud and beat Roman Reigns in a Agreed. in a hell of a match. I think that would be fantastic. Agreed. But I loved Agreed. both of the championship matches. I was very surprised that Big E lost the title to Apollo Crews. But again, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was loved surprised, it. but I wasn't mad about it because loved I feel it. like that gives Apollo Crews now a ton of credibility and it's going to sure. give him a very, very solid run as the Intercontinental Champion. I think sure. he I think a lot of these guys are influenced by Paul Heyman. And the way that yep. Paul Heyman is handling things. And I think they're learning from the Roman Reigns storyline and the Roman Reigns angle and going, being a nice guy is not getting me anywhere. I need to be that vicious, nasty shit heel. And here's how I'm going to do it. And that's exactly yep. what Apollo Crews did. Uh, I loved um, the you know, the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match. I thought that was fantastic, although I didn't understand why Logan Paul was there. I felt like he didn't really add anything <laughs> to the match for me. Nonsense. So, Nonsense. yeah, it was kind of like yeah. it was it was a. Uh, what does Bruce call it? Kabuki-ish. Is that the word yep. that the afraid I'm looking for? Yeah, it was very like, yep. what the fuck am I watching? But I, I I, mean, overall, I thought this entire pay-per-view was fantastic. What were your uh, and the bad bunny match was absolutely outrageous, right? Like that was he great. does, great match. He does the, the great Canadian, match. the Canadian destroyer in there. What were your takeaways, your biggest takeaways from WrestleMania this year, uh, Duke? What did you think was your like the biggest thing that stood out to you? Well, you know, the, the bad, the bad bunny match was great. Miz and Morrison, they're fantastic. There's no two ways about that. Those guys deserve all the credit in the world. Damian Priest, you know, he's trained by a good friend of ours, uh, Danny Cage, the world-famous Monster Factory. Uh, Damian Priest was actually a trainer at the world-famous Monster Factory. No shit. So he is somebody who's going to be a champion someday because from a fundamental standpoint, he is as good a wrestler as anybody. Absolutely. We just haven't seen it all yet. We haven't seen it all yet, but it's coming. Yep. You know, and he's safe. His stuff Absolutely. looks good and he's safe. So keep an eye out for him. But I thought, you know, Miz and Morrison, they showed why they're two of the best ever uh, with the way that they made Bad Bunny look great, you know. And, and shout out to Adam Pierce. Shout out to uh, Drew Gulak for, for training Bad Bunny, yeah. getting him ready for this. So that was fantastic. Um, I have to talk about the Sasha and the Bianca match. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that Probably was unbelievable. the match of the, of, of the, of the weekend. Um, I'm going to say this, though. And I'm going to piss a lot of people off, and I don't really care. That's why we're here, dude. Um, That's what we do on Foundation Radio. That's what we do. Absolutely. Whomever wrote the story for that match, I'm talking about the match itself, and I think it was TJ Wilson. You did a piss poor job. Wow. You did a piss poor job with the story of the match. Now, let me let me clarify what I mean by that. I thought the work, I thought the effort by the two competitors, Sasha and Bianca, was flawless. 
I thought the work was was they did a great job. The story sucked. And here's why. There was too much 50-50 offense. It yeah. made absolutely no sense. If you go back to Sasha and Bailey, okay, especially the NXT matches, if Sasha Banks were to beat down Bianca Belair the same way she beat Bailey down, now you have created a sympathetic baby face. Yeah. Yep. And you're right. Now Bianca is in the ring with one of the greatest of all time. Yep. Getting her ass kicked. She's at WrestleMania in the main event, a place the moment is too big for her. There's right. the, these are the odds that she has to overcome. And she has to crawl and claw and scrape yep. and overcome all of the obstacles to do the impossible, just like Daniel Bryan did. Yeah. They could have told that story. And that story would have made sense and it would have allowed Bianca Belair to become a megastar. Yeah, and it's tried and Let true. Let me tell you something. It's tried and true story. It's, it's tried already and been true. done. Yeah, it's already there. Sympathetic baby face. You she should have been Ricky Morton. She should have yeah. been Ricky Morton. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sasha should have beat the hell out of her to the point where people wanted to jump through the TV right. to save Bianca. Right. And then Bianca should have came out of no Bianca Belair should have gotten her ass kicked for two thirds of that match. And then at the end, Sasha should have made a mistake that Bianca was able to capitalize on and get the victory. Yep. And they would have made blew the match the off of the world. I was going to say it would have made the match way more meaningful, way, way more, more meaningful. meaningful. So, again, the, the effort was great. I thought it was a solid match. I just thought the story sucked and I'm and I'm disappointed in whomever wrote that story. And I think you need to go back and and. and Watch some more tapes because you don't know what you're doing. I think you don't know what you're doing. Now, I think as far as with the new champions that they have, you have Rhea Ripley, you have Apollo Crews. I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure how I feel about Sheamus, but, you know, we'll get there. What what is the future looking like for WWE? Do you think it's going to be do you think they're doing this as a a changing of the guards in some respects to bring in some of the newer talent? Do you think that is a result of the AEW factor or do you think it's just time to shuffle the cards up do you think vince is just like it's time to shake things up a little bit i think wwe is doing what wwe does i think they're taking nxt and they're allowing nxt to help them uh you know replant new flowers right they built a bunch of new stars something that wwe is always accused of not doing yet here we are Everybody who walked out of WrestleMania, except for Sheamus, for the most part, is a newer star. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a big deal to win at WrestleMania and yeah. walk out with a championship at WrestleMania. It's a big deal. It doesn't deal. matter what belt it is. It's, it's a huge fucking deal. Absolutely. 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 So, I, you know, I love it. And I think that it just shows how important NXT continues to be because NXT's influence was all over WrestleMania. Absolutely. When you stop and think about it, right, they were all over WrestleMania. People who have wrestled. Foundation Radio is brought to you today by The Dugout. The Dugout specializes in one-of-a-kind vintage and distressed clothing at an affordable price. One of my favorite t-shirts in my entourage right now is a Dudley Boys distressed vintage t-shirt from the late 90s and the, the greatest time in wrestling and the greatest tag team of all time. I now own one of their shirts. 
Also, I have this really rad Prince and the Revolution t-shirt from Purple Rain. All of the distressing work that they do is done by hand, so you know you're getting a quality product at an affordable price. And the great news is, is that domestic shipping is always free within the United States. And right now, if you go onto their Etsy shop and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll get 15% off of your entire purchase. That's right, 15% off your entire purchase. So you get an even better deal on an already affordable piece of amazing clothing. So go ahead and give them a follow right now at The Dugout Brand on Instagram, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And don't forget, if you go to their Etsy shop right now and use promo code FOUNDATION at checkout, you'll get 15% off of your entire purchase. The Dugout, customized and vintage apparel. NXT. They were all over that main card, and it was beautiful. It was great to see. Uh, I, I do want to say this about Sheamus. I'm not necessarily happy about him having the title, right? But I'm glad that he was able to defeat that punk, that that no good bastard, that that flippy move idiot who literally he, he nearly killed Sheamus in that match. He sure did. He okay? sure fucking did, man. Matt Riddle and 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 I thought Jesus. that Sheamus kicking him in the mouth was not the finish. No, I think that Seamus made that to finish. Yeah. And he busted that idiot's mouth open because this guy potatoed him a couple of times because he's a sloppy bastard. He sure okay? is. I have never he's been. Let me let me get bastard. that on record, too. And I don't even give a fuck if I get blocked by Matt Riddle. That's another one. You know, the guy I don't like already because he's a homophobe. I'm not going to out him on here, but he is. Yeah, yep. I just yep. I don't I, I don't like Matt Riddle because I think he's a punk. I think I don't care how much goddamn MMA background you have. I don't care who it is you think you are when you have an entire locker room that leaves you somewhere because you're acting like a fucking idiot. And then you're going to go up like not just against somebody like Goldberg. You're going to start talking shit about Goldberg. You're going to start talking shit about Brock Lesnar and you're going to start poking that bear like, dude, sit down. Nobody wants. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your shoeless bullshit. Nobody cares about your jumpy flying flips. You're 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 sloppy and you're going to get somebody hurt. You're going to fucking do something. And I think I think you're right. I think that kick or whatever. He gave him the brogue kick in the mouth, wasn't it? I remember watching that and going, "Ooh, that was that was RVD tight. Like that was snug, man. You got to remember, though, Riddle picked up Sheamus at one point and need him in the face. Yeah. And it was a straight knee. It was it was a real knee to the face. Yeah. And 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 it nearly knocked Sheamus out. So, I, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Seamus pulled a uh, pulled a Brock in the ring and was like, no, this is how we're going to end this. And you're going to take yep. this and bust yep. his fucking mouth open. Seamus well, is not forget. the Seamus is that dude, though, too. Like, don't don't get it twisted. Yeah, Seamus is that dude. He will fuck some shit up. He's a fighter. But don't forget, what did they do to riddle the, uh, the next time he was on TV? They put him in there with Bobby Lashley on Raw. And what did Bobby Lashley do to him? Oh, that's beat right. The Bobby daylights out of him. Beat the he shit beat out the of him. Shit. I mean, literally. Yeah. So what does that tell you? The company is teaching this guy a lesson. Big time. He's getting his receipts okay. all right now. All in one shot. He's getting his receipts all right now. They're, they're putting him in there with people who are just picking him apart, humbling him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Letting him know enough of the nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Enough of this stuff. The flippy moves, the flip flops, the little small shorts. The oh, I forgot my lines, bro. 
all it's that not nonsense. Funny. It's not funny, it's not man. Funny. It's There's foolish. nothing appealing about Matt Riddle to me, and there never no. has been. He, no. They want to no. paint him as the brand new Rob Van Dam. But let me tell you something. The reason that Rob Van Dam was as good as he says he was is because he was the total package with everything that guy did. Everything that guy did was yeah. fucking gold. And the reason yeah. he was so popular was for that reason. You're going to tell me that you're going to compare this guy because he's a, because he's stoned and, oh, my God, he doesn't wear shoes. Whoa, red, bro. Get the fuck out of here with that crap. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're, you're acting cares. like an idiot. You got yep. chumped on live television, on national television by Bill Goldberg, which, I mean, like – the idea that somebody would that brand new in the company that would say like step like that to Goldberg just you know and I know I'm biased because he's like he's a family friend but like it just it doesn't make any sense to me why you no. would do something like that so I no. I was happy to see him get the belt taken off of him I don't think there's any appeal to me long term for Matt Riddle and I honestly I wouldn't be I would not care if he was future endeavored in the next six months I think there's that, no money in that guy there's it's no the money same. In. and you know he's had the accus- he's had the accusations and you know they haven't yep. been proven in court and you know everybody has their their day in court same thing with velveteen dream but i i feel i would be remiss not to sort of touch on that uh, at least as far as the releases because i don't quite understand and and some people there's been some segments of fans that have brought this up about why people like riddle and velveteen dream still have their positions in the company and why samoa joe or even the iconics were released what are your what are your thoughts on that well i i think it's difficult to compare the two uh samoa joe for example he probably wants to wrestle and the WWE says, no, we need you to be a commentator. So that's probably why that was a mutual split. Right. Okay. He that makes sense. Probably left to wrestle. I don't think they wanted to get rid of him because his no. commentary is, is great. You know what I mean? So that's a different situation with the iconics. Peyton Royce wants to be with her man. I mean, it's gotta be yeah. very difficult yeah, to not be on the road sense, with yeah. him or, or be with him at all times. Like she was used to and all that stuff. So there's that whole situation. And Billy Kay didn't want to leave her friend. You know what I mean? They're kind of a package deal. They never wanted to be split up in the first place. So I, I get that. The Velveteen Dream thing is very confusing to me. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it? I it's think very. It's, let me say this. I think it's nefarious. I think this is one of the the, the bad parts about pro wrestling. Um, he needs them. Yeah. And because he needs them, when somebody needs you, you can use that. They will do anything for you. That's how you force them to be loyal to you. And because of that, it's a lot easier to control a Velveteen Dream. So I understand why they're not quick to release this guy because he is talented. So they may roll the dice and just say, you know what, we're just going to do it. Right. Knowing that this guy is not going to go anywhere because there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. He's going to he's going to hold water. He's going to be a company man. He's going to do whatever the hell they tell him to do. And that is old school carny BS from the wrestling industry. And it's unfortunate that the WWE is still conducting themselves in that manner, because quite frankly, I don't think this guy should be on that roster anymore. Period. No, I don't think so either. I think I think with the nature and again, let me be clear. The allegations have not been uh, completely vetted. Um, you know, everyone is due their day in court. Velveteen Dream has not been arrested for any of the crimes or anything he's been accused of. However, there is pretty damning evidence against the man uh, that has come to light. I don't necessarily know if I would have kept him on. I don't no. if I was if I'm looking at it as a as a strictly business decision, just based on that. The WWE made a shit ton of noise and were basically quiet for how many years about China. 
and her pornography career. Uh, they have yet to mention Dino Bravo in anything. I mean, you want to talk about going back. Dino Bravo was killed because he was involved with the mafia and they haven't spoken a word of the man's uh, of, of his name in how many years. I mean, you just don't even know he exists unless you're a diehard like us. Sure, sure. And they do all of these things. I mean, another good a good example of that would be Chris Benoit. I mean, very, very obviously why you're not speaking this person's name on television or even acknowledging him as an individual part of the organization. How are you going to justify those worlds and continue to hold on to somebody like Velveteen Dream or even someone like Matt Riddle, again, who has not had his day in court, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, all of those all of those disclaimers. But at the same time, this guy is bringing a lot of negative attention to your world. And if you're so worried about people Googling the wrestlers and finding out China's porn career, but you're not worried about the same uh, sort of circumstances and incidences as a Googling a Matt Riddle and finding out that he was accused of, of sexual assault. You know, like it, that those two worlds don't don't necessarily like jive for me. They don't they don't correlate. Right. It doesn't sure, sure. it doesn't work for me. So I sure. I agree. I think Velveteen Dream should have probably been cut at the time as his allegations happen. And if it didn't happen, then it should have happened at this round. I'm surprised he still has a job. And quite frankly, I think Matt Riddle should be, too. If we're going to hold these people to the fire, we're going to make sure that everybody's playing fair. Why not do it? I mean, fuck Joey Ryan just tried to have a comeback a couple of weeks ago and it, it blew up in everybody's face. Why the <laughs> yeah, fuck would this guy? Out. Joey Ryan needs to find something else to do besides wrestling. There's another one for you. Fuck you, Joey Ryan. You creep. Find something else to do besides wrestling. Maybe find a cubicle to fall asleep in for the rest of your life. Like, don't don't wrestle. Don't wrestle yep. like you like mm, yep. gentleman. Jack Gallagher is another one. Just stop, please. No one wants to see this. Sure. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because this is the history of wrestling. You right. got to remember something. Pro wrestling was always the seedy characters. Pro wrestling comes from, you know, the carnival. Right. The circus. So when we talk about carnies, this is what we're talking about here. Well, who are the people that run the carnivals in the circus? These are ex-cons. These are criminals. <laughs> right. These, right. Are, these are travelers. These are people who, for the yeah. most part, not all, but for the most part, are not necessarily the most up and up people. You know what I mean? And because yeah. they didn't fit into other aspects of society, they have to stay in those kinds of worlds. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I think that when Vince McMahon transitions out, a lot of this stuff is going to stop. I agree. I because agree it's not time. good yeah. business. It's not no. good business to keep a guy like Velveteen, to keep a Matt Riddle. It's not good business. Right. Not for a publicly traded company. It's actually pretty stupid, quite well, frankly. Also, too, I mean, you want to talk no. about that, you know, that the idea of keeping somebody like Donald Trump inside of the Hall of Fame. I know there's a there's a growing yeah. number of people who are like, this yeah. guy should be probably removed. Kid Rock is probably another one that should probably be removed yeah. from that. And we're not talking yeah. about censorship. We're just talking about the optics of this, right? Like Donald Trump is a very divisive, polarizing figure. I find it very difficult in my own life to continue to justify the fact that I I love pro wrestling and support an organization that's been around for my entire life, but also hold very progressive leftist views. And I'm like, how the fuck could this guy support Donald Trump? You know, and it's, it's it's a very weird dynamic for me, which I'm sure, sure. for a lot of people, it's like that. Sure, but I agree. Sure. I feel like once Vince is sort of transitioned out of the picture, I wonder how much of that. Uh, influence for maybe even Hunter. I wonder how much of that would really start to shine through. Oh, let me let me say this about Triple H. Again, somebody's going to get upset about this, and that's okay. <laughs> Shout I out to think Hunter. everybody. I think everybody who gives this guy so much credit, they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, if you give Adam a wrestling promotion to build from scratch, 
and it doesn't cost him a dime to do it. So it's not his money that he's playing with. Right. right? And he can fail. The, the promotion doesn't make a dime. It's a money loser for literally seven, eight years straight. Right. And he gets all the tutelage from all of the top, the top promoter in the history of, of pro wrestling. And he has the support of the greatest promotion in the history of pro wrestling. Eventually, Adam is going to turn into somebody who can run a small time promotion. OK, right. But if yeah. it was Adam's money and if Adam was running his own little indie promotion without that type of support, Adam would fail just like everybody else fails. Right. Because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. right? So yeah. I don't think Triple H is this magical, great promoter or he knows how to do this. I think Triple H is one of the most overrated people in pro wrestling. I don't think I think he knows about maybe half. Maybe he, he knows about 50 percent more than Tony Khan. OK. Wow. I'm not yeah. interested in Triple H. I think you got to move him out of the way. I think you got to get some real people in there who understand how to run a business, mind you. And I think Stephanie McMahon is somebody who's a true point person. And Shane McMahon right. is a true point person Absolutely. on WWE. I don't care about this outside bastard who married into the family. Yeah. You okay? know, I could see. And that's the thing is I could see. Absolutely see Shane coming back into the fold, being the person who runs the business aspect of that. Sure. Right. Same thing sure. with Stephanie. I mean, they've grown up in their their entire life. They're, they're McMahon. That's, that's, their that's what they do. That's their birthright. Of but course. I think I think what really needs to happen, though, and, and I and I hate to say this out loud because, you know, I love listening to Bruce on 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 something to wrestle in front of the show, Conrad Thompson. But I yep. think at some point you need to be realistic about the fact that, like, maybe the old stuff isn't working as much as you think it is. Now, I don't know how much Bruce has had his hands in the Roman Reigns storyline or even the Bobby Lashley, because I know he's he's the executive producer and he's doing those things. So it's very possible that he is running those things. And if he is, keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. That's all Paul Heyman, bro. Well, yeah. That OK, Roman so Reigns yeah, that's, that's Paul. Heyman. That's Paul. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Roman Paul. Reigns is Paul. That's, yeah, I, I'm that's curious. Bruce. That's Bruce taking a hands off approach and letting Paul run that. That's true. I didn't even think about right? that. Now, now, who do you think is running the Bobby Lashley show? Do you think that's just that? Do you think that just happened organically, or do you think? No. Oh, Bruce- I, I think I think the Bobby Lashley thing, in all honesty, is is Vince McMahon. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you may I be think right. Two of his guys. Those are two of his guys. Yeah. Right. In every way, muscled up, jacked yep. up. Oh, so guys. goddamn vascular. Look at how goddamn big You know big what I mean? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Handsome guys. They look like they're they're on the cover of magazines, both of them. So I think that's Vince McMahon all the way. But I don't think Triple H, I don't think Bruce Pritchard, I don't think they have a damn thing to do with either one of those storylines. And that's why those storylines actually are working out so well. I, I just, I think at some point you need to, you need to figure out how you're going to remove the business side of the organization from the sure. creative side, because I don't think sure. you can justify those two worlds anymore. It's not the 90s. It's not the yep. Monday Night Wars. It's not the way that it used to be. And if yep. you're going to continue this and you want this to be a fruitful endeavor, I mean, for Christ's sakes, NBC could come in at any day with an offer to pick up the WWE, like the actual organization and buy it out yep. from Vince McMahon. I mean, it's like it's inevitable, it seems like. Right. Sure. Sure. How are you going to justify that? You're going to bring people in that need to know how to run the business aspect, but you need people to run the creative to keep the product fresh. And right now, again, like we keep talking about the tie it back is sort of the final thing. 
every time we talk, it's always like, what's going to keep me caring about this industry? What's going to keep me caring about these storylines, right? My wall is full with, with uh, photos of people and, and action figures and books and stuff that I've collected about people that made me care about this industry. Diamond Dallas Page, Bill Goldberg, the Dudley Boys, classic characters, Hulk Hogan, the Outsiders, classic characters and stories that have allowed me to feel like I care about something and I'm invested in this storyline and I want to be here. I need, it's, 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 it is appointment TV for me to watch Monday Night Raw and Nitro at the same time. I can sure. recall having a television on upstairs watching Raw and the television in the basement watching Nitro so we, me and my brothers could go back and forth and watch the show so we didn't miss anything. We didn't, you know what I mean? We didn't want to flip. We were like, fuck this. We'll just watch it on either TV. Love it. Love it. Nothing, nothing has made me feel like that in a long time. And again, the closest I feel like I've gotten to that was this Roman Reigns storyline. Even the Bianca Belair thing, I thought it was fantastic that she actually won. I think it was the right choice. But the storyline left me a little bit, left a little bit to desire. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah. How do you, Duke, I guess, in, in, in your mind, what is the perfect solution for this? How do you bring the lapsed fan back to the organization? I think that you have to take a look at your roster. And I think you have to be realistic about who's going to be that next breakout star. So you have somebody like Bianca Belair, right? She scores higher than just about anybody else when it comes to the kids. Yeah. She's, she's colorful. She's beautiful. She has muscles, but they still look natural. Uh, she has a personality that's infectious. People want more Bianca Belair. They will follow her. You know what I mean? So that's the type of person that you got to lead with on one of your shows. Absolutely. Then you have the other show and you find her equivalent. If that's Roman Reigns, if that's Bobby Lashley, if that's whomever. You know what I mean? But I think that you got to lead with the people who, from a marketing and branding standpoint, are going to take you to that next level. You know what I mean? Allow right. them to truly be superstars because that's what right. we've had where the WWE is kind of shied away from allowing anyone to really break out. Becky Lynch was starting to get there, but then you saw that that she just wasn't quite there. And I'll right. be honest with you. I don't think she quite has it, to be honest with you. I Becky think Lynch. that yeah. she was fortunate enough to, to get where she was. Right. But place, I think right she time. hit her ceiling. Yeah. yeah. She hit her ceiling, though. Let's be honest here. Right. Uh, I think I think somebody like Bianca Belair. It's going to she could be the next rock. Absolutely. You know what I mean? With the she right storyline and the right people behind her. If she got something yeah. like Heyman behind her in a, in oh a sort of a um, in a face scenario sure. to the moon, to the fucking moon, well, man. She'd be she's got to be Ricky Morton. She's yeah. got to be Ricky Morton. Beat the to, hell out of her. Right. You have. And again, that's the thing is you have to build stakes. Right. And, and our yep. friend Eric Bischoff talks about that on his show. Eighty three weeks. So, Eric, please join us one day on Foundation Radio. Duke and I would love to have you. Um <laughs> I uh, is that is that too is that too uh, forward? I love Duke. Or you think it's good? It. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I love just, it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big Eric fan. So that's I, good stuff. I'm oh. telling you, man. There is and and Eric and I'm and I'm I am a a follower in the Church of Bischoff when it comes to this. When he talks about the stakes, right? Like, there's sure. no one that does it better than Eric, right? No one has. No. And I'm not no. saying that because I want him on the show. I'm telling you that because that's the truth. No, it's true. It's true. Eric Bischoff revolutionized this industry, and he always talks about the stakes of the match. Why do I care? Why am I invested in this? When I watched Scott Hall, Razor Ramon come down from the rafters on Monday Nitro live on TV, I was like, holy shit. I remember calling my brother's bone going, you're not going to believe this. Razor Ramon's on WCW. We were watching it 
it happened to be that night he showed up. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I cared. Crazy. I had yeah. to know what was happening, right? Building that slow burn. It's the same reason why I love the Fiend storyline, right? Yep. You're building yep. this Randy Orton and the Fiend and the Alexa Bliss. Everybody wants to bitch about, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this again and they're going to continue to do this and blah, 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 whatever. But y'all are asking for long-term storylines. I digress. The Fiend storyline is a slow burn. We are eventually going to get to the payoff. It's coming. It's happening. Yep. It's just a matter yep. of when it's going to happen. The Agreed. slow burn, the Alexa Bliss turn now and what's going to happen. And now the Funhouse is back. You know, it's this is compelling television. It makes me want to continue to watch the story. Right. And Agreed. that's the point. That's the entire point of this. It's not about the kicks and the 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 the, the super kick parties and the flips and all the dives and all this Matt Riddle bullshit. It's about out telling a story and if you're not going to tell me a story in the ring and you're not going to tell me a story in the promo then why do I care about this at all and I think for me I need to know I need to see this and think holy shit what's going to happen next I need to know what happens to Bobby Lashley next week I need to know what happens to the Miz you know like and I I don't I don't have any again with the Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley elimination chamber Watching The Miz the following week, I remember saying to my wife, I was like, I got to watch Raw tonight. Like, I have to yep. know what happens to The Miz because something, yep. this this comeuppance is happening and I need to watch this payoff. And I was glad that I did because I tuned in. But I think you're right. Yeah. Would you, would you agree with that analysis, Duke? Do you think it's the, 100%. they need to go back We're to that payoff model? Yeah. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. But I think that you have to take a, a, a babyface champion and make them a babyface champion. Right. They need to overcome odds. And if they're not overcoming odds, then they're weak. That's it. You can't build a star who doesn't overcome adversity. It doesn't work. There's never John Cena had to overcome adversity for 10 straight years. Think about it. Yeah. For 10 straight years, he had to overcome adversity. You know what I mean? Every feud he was in was adversity. Yeah. And that's the point, though. So you're going to have to feed people like Bianca, somebody like, you know, you got to line them up, man. Got to line them up. And she's got to get her ass kicked. Yeah. She's got to get beat around the ring. Just has to be that way. Yeah. That's it. And again, last last point on this 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 uh, overcoming odds thing. I think that's why the Kofi Mania storyline was so fantastic. Was oh, because it was, it was yeah. it, they took that exact. I mean, almost like it was the 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 pinnacle Hulk Hogan story from the eighties, right? He has sure. to come back and beat all the big nasty bastards, and then he's off to the races and he wins, and that's Hogan it. must pose, right? It's that Daniel was what, Bryan. Daniel Bryan, exactly the same idea. So I think that the same pieces idea. are there. I just think they need to yeah. actually capitalize on it. Duke, give Fact. me your plugs here, man. Where where can everybody find your shows and all your all your fun happiness, man? It is very easy, everybody. Just Google Duke Loves Wrestling. Not wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Duke Loves Wrestling. You can find all my social media. You can find me on Spotify, on iTunes, iHeartMedia. Shout out to my people. Those are my partners there. Duke loves wrestling. Also, I have Tell Us the Truth, okay? Either one of those joints there. Check up. Check me out on social media. You'll find everything there. I'd love to talk to you. If you're somebody with an interesting story in wrestling or otherwise, send me a message. I talk to everybody. Uh, I love people. But if you come at me with some nonsense, I'm going to let you know it's some nonsense. One, one thing about me, <laughs> yep. people know they're going to get the truth out of me. Yep. They know I'm going to be straight up. I'm not going to BS you. 
You know what I mean? And But at the same time, it would be respectful. So yeah, there it is. And, and that's what I like so much about you, Duke. That's why I like uh, working with you, man. I, I always get yes, the sir. straight shit from you. So it's fantastic. Duke Bennett, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for tuning in, everyone that's tuning into this episode right now. I got a lot of really cool things coming up soon. We're going to be doing a recap on the Oscars at some point within the next week or two. And then at the beginning of May, finally, Jason Solomon, a.k.a. The Solomon Monster, will be appearing on this program with me. Cannot wait to talk to him about all things that have to do wrestling. He's probably going to disagree with me a lot with AEW, but that's okay. I'm in for the conversation, so we shall see. Uh, Again, Duke Bennett, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And friends, thanks so much for stopping by to the show. I'll see you again next week. Peace. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Butts Carlton, proprietor.